This is how I win. I'm your cheerleader, honey boy. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. And the Oscar goes to... Parasite. This is how I win. Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In brought to you by Geek 5 Nation. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we got a special edition for you guys from Cinemania World Podcast. I have Hannah Ringwald. We talk big-time adolescence. It's the film that just dropped on Hulu on Friday starring Pete Davidson. Uh, you can check it out. You can check her out over on Twitter at Movies and Cats. Folks, we're going to dive right into the movie right now. Joining me on the podcast today from Cinemania World, Hannah, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I partially quarantined. I know you're super duper quarantined, but I, I remember <laughs> vaguely a couple weeks ago, um, you saw the movie that we're going to talk about, Big Time Adolescence, and I remember you tweeting out about it, and I told you off there, I was like, I remember somebody tweeted out about this. I love this film so much. I thought it was very unique and different, and I was like, I need to find the person that did, so I did, and you and I, we've communicated a lot on Twitter, and <laughs> We've been wanting to get together on a few things, but it's finally nice that the quarantine has brought a lot of different people together that they normally wouldn't. So I'm kind of excited to talk about this film. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself first, where we can find some of your stuff, your Twitter, all that good stuff. Oh, man, I'm so boring. I hate talking about myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you like my opinions, I guess, follow me on Twitter at Movies and Cats. Uh, follow my podcast uh, at Cinemania World. Uh, listen to it. It's great. Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. First off, okay, so movies and cats. Obviously, I would assume it's because you love movies and you love cats. Is that the moral of the story? Yes, okay. that is as simple as it is. <laughs> I, I, I figured, but I, I didn't know if there was necessarily a story behind the name. I just kind of was like, you know what? I uh, mean, yeah. There's kind of a story. It, it was almost cats and movies, but cats and movies was taken. So then I did <laughs> movies and cats. <laughs> you know that makes me funny i mean obviously my name just you know it's my twitter is just ricky valera underscore but for, i'm still so mad that there's some guy that has ricky valero that i have to have the underscore and like the guy never tweets so it's like really annoying that he has the twitter handle you know what I mean? it's like please just so let me person with cats and movies they don't tweet ever right I feel like sometimes when you go on twitter like people literally when first twitter first started they just like stole all the cool names and then just never log back into Twitter, you know? My, like, Hannah Ringswald, the at Hannah Ringswald is taken by myself from an account I made when I was, like, 12. And I don't remember the password or, like, anything for it. So, like, that at is, like, out of the question. <laughs> That's fantastic. I feel like there should be, like, a, a, a an email. I know we're getting completely off track. I feel like you should be able to email Twitter and be like, look, this person hasn't tweeted. <laughs> this is my old account. <laughs> right? This person hasn't tweeted in forever. Can I please just, like, borrow, the, like, can I have this name? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> boot them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd pay a solid $20. I mean, I'm not more than that, but I'd pay $20 for my Ricky Valero name without the underscore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Understandable. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, the movie we're going to talk about is Big Tab Adolescence. It's on Hulu right now for everybody to watch. Um it is basically, I'll give you guys a brief synopsis. It's a suburban, a suburban teenager comes of age under the destructive guidance of his best friend, an aimless college dropout. Um, what are some of the things right off the bat that really stood out to you, Hannah? Um, it's a really simple film, but there's it has a lot more to say than I guess you can see on the surface. 
Uh, because at first when I watched it, I was like, oh, that's a really good coming of age movie. And then I rewatched it and like thought about it a little more. And I was like, this movie's kind of like a takedown of task- toxic masculinity without like being like super like outright about it. Um, because when you think of like the way like you just read the synopsis and like describe the uh, friendship or relationship, you know, immediately you think that like, oh, they're like, you know, bros or like anything like that. But it's really not like that. And, you know, they the way that the movie like perceives their relationship through a lot of the movie is that like uh, they Zeke is like the bad person in the relationship and like that maybe like you think that he doesn't care but like throughout the whole movie you really do see that like Zeke cares so much for Mo Mo cares so much for Zeke and they're not afraid to like show like their affection for each other and like you know just be like very open with their feelings and I love that so much about the movie and that's what I what I think like kind of stands apart from like the rest of like coming of age movies like this like mid 90s and stuff like that yeah for sure and that's the thing for me it's like uh if you watch the trailer and then you watch the film, I feel like you watch two different things. You know what I mean? Because yes. it kind of, when you watch the trailer, it's kind of like a a teenage adult-ish buddy comedy style movie. Like it, that's what it gets the vibe to. And that's what I loved about it. You're very right in saying it's very simplistic, but it tells a phenomenal story in a very slow, monotone, cool way. But I think there's several instances like Pete Davidson. First off, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Pete Davidson. I saw his stand up, his stand up on Netflix that he released. He has this very awkwardness about him that I think makes the acting so much better because he I mean, I feel like he played more more so his self in the film as Zeke than he did anything else. But that was OK, because like if you watch his stand up, it's very just talking, but also like slightly toned in, in some sort of aspect. But I think the character arc of Zeke, I really appreciated it a whole lot because you're right. Like at the beginning of it, it was like he does show appreciation for him, but he kind of showed appreciation for him maybe in a different aspect towards the end of the movie. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But I just felt like they had a phenomenal chemistry. And and that to me oh, yeah. really, really – doesn't work without their chemistry. Ex- that's exactly what I was going to say. Like if they don't get – if they're not the way they were together in this film, the, the film just does not work. It's just I felt like – I felt like I was watching literally two bros – throughout the entire film and it was it was phenomenal and and i think one low-key that i really think that i liked about it was i thought the cinematography cinematography was pretty beautiful in it it was a very small like monotone style color palette per se but it was beautiful i I didn't know if you know that stood out to you as well but if it did it did yeah there's there's one shot in particular i know like nobody's gonna like know what i'm talking about or like remember (laughs) it but for some reason it always sticks out to me it's when uh machine gun kelly is outside of the house and like he's like smoking something or whatever and then he puts it out on the window and you just see him come through like the door like when he puts it out i don't know why but that like shot always sticks out to him like that's so cool like, there's, like, nothing really, like, super, like, you know, artsy-fartsy about it or anything like that, but it just looks really nice. Exactly, and that's a, it's, and that's where I think the film gets a lot of things right. It does a lot of the little things right. Um, and, you, and you said it you said it right by saying, like, it's a coming-of-age film, and it tells that story within the film of just, I mean, we all know that kind of, how do I say this? Uh, guys like that are very just, they're pieces of garbage you know what i mean i don't really know how else to say it without <laughs> saying it more blunt but they they are though they, they they're kind of like they're very manipulate very manipulative uh they use and abuse women in so many different aspects so diving into that but like not but you're right they didn't do it in a loud format like you normally see in a movie you know yeah uh p davidson's character like in general is kind of like on the outside he kind of seems like you know like 
a stoner do like any stoner dude that you know but like the more you get into the movie the more you realize that oh he's like actually like a three-dimensional person he cares about people and he cares about things uh it's really great and it really endears you to him i think if anyone i don't think that there's a lot of actors that could have played zeke um because that there's a lot against him in the movie and that you needed an actor like pete davidson who is so likable just like doing nothing basically just being himself uh to play him to kind of get the audience behind him i agree 100 percent, and that's and and when i watch the movie and that's the, my first thought is i don't think that i could have seen anybody else really in this role and that's and i just so it's funny i i didn't know if jason orley had directed anything else and I went to his IMDb page. I was talking. He literally he's directed this, and then he he's directed Pete Davidson's stand up special for Netflix. So, oh genius. Um, first off, that's for me understanding that now he's a first time director of a of a film. Uh, I fully expect that we see. I would project that we see him latter of the year for awards and stuff like that because i had no clue until now that he was a first-time director you know what i mean i i can I, see the spirit awards eating this movie up 100 <laughs> percent, exactly and this is actually his first writing film as well which is again it's crazy like i just discovered these things these are things you probably should you know research before you do a podcast but you know <laughs> it is what it is it's finding out these things live on the air here but for jason orley i was very impressed with his writing i was impressed with the pacing of the film it's a very quick, smooth hour and a half, and it goes by really fast, and it goes by in a way where I don't think, thinking back on the film, like I really want to rewatch it again. I've only watched it once. You said you said to watch it twice now, right? I've watched it six times. Okay, well then. <laughs> well, I'm, I watched it once. I literally was going to rewatch it again after I watched it last night, but I was really tired last night. But for me, now knowing that I watched a film by a first time writer, first time first time screenplay writer, and a first time uh, director, I'm kind of more um, I'm more impressed with the film. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. Because for me, not that I wasn't already, you know, what I'm saying I'm more. Impre- I guess I'm more impressed with. <laughs> no, no, no I, I get it completely. Yeah. So for me, it's just like understanding that it, it, he checks all the boxes that you want from the writing side and the directing side. Was is that feel the same way for you for the writing and how did you feel about the pacing of the film and stuff like that and how it came kind of came together i feel the same 100 percent. Uh, i think the movie is like because i've watched it six times now uh that's kind of a lot to watch within like a month uh and you know with movies like i watched spider-man far from home seven times in the theater and every single time i'd go back and watch it i'd like find places that i'd be like oh this is like dragging for me and like you know it's not my favorite part and it's just it wasn't like meshing as well as like that first watch or that second watch and with this it's completely different because this is a movie that i watched like a lot within a short time frame and every time i watch it it still feels like it goes by within like 20 minutes and like there's not never a point in the movie that i'm like oh can we just get past this part because there's just so much like life in the film like in every scene too because of like the chemistry between um pete davidson and i'm griffin gluck griffin gluck uh uh between them and like every time they're on screen together or even like apart uh they're they're just so great and they just bring so much life to every scene and just give you like a reason to be invested in every scene and just like want to keep uh watching the movie and like the comedy really helps too throughout the whole film pete davidson is just so funny without even like trying to be funny and it's so amazing uh (laughs) it really is it really is the soundtrack too uh the soundtrack really uh keeps the film like alive uh, so I will first off by say that any film with DMX in it automatically wins my heart because I love yes. DMX. I've loved DMX since 
quick funny story. So I was a kid. Um, this is going to show my age a little bit, but we had cassette tapes. I'm, I don't think you know what those are, Hannah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I had two cassette tapes. I talked to my parents into buying a two cassette tapes. One was Eminem, one was DMX. And they didn't know what they were buying me, obviously. Um, so I said to my mom, I said, Mom, you've got to listen to this cassette. And me and my thinking, I was like, these are pretty cool lyrics for, I don't remember, I was probably you know, 10, 12 years old or something like that. And I didn't know that I was really setting myself up to never be able to listen to DMX ever again. You know what I mean? And I play for her and he starts going on this explicit rant of, and she's like, oh my God. And they literally took my cassette tapes and I never really got to listen to them again. But it, oh no. <laughs> but um, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. But for me, like I love DMX. I've had, and I've had that attachment to DMX since I was a little kid. But anytime it started, it played and I literally just like popped up out of left field but you're right the, the, <laughs> what are you gonna do take my dmx poster i love that line <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know what i mean so i was so so happy like i just like you're right the way they inter um integrated the songs too it was never it never felt like it was at the wrong time it felt like it was at the perfect time i really that most song that scene with the most song and it's like you see like the entire party and him getting ready for the party and then right when it says like my friend mo it like turns to him walking down the stairs so good oh, the editing it's, 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 again exactly the i feel like it's so so i was thinking about i was like all right of all the films that i've seen this year what films have I seen that's better than this one? And I tell you what, I'm having a hard time figuring out. This is my favorite film of the year, like hands down. This has made it into like my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Like that, I love this movie so much. That First off, that's impressive, but I can like, it's just, I don't know. It's, I, there's nothing better in my opinion than a simplistic film that tells a wonderful story that checks all the boxes. And for me, that this is what that did. And Looking at my list this year, just right off the top of my head, like the only film that I've seen this year that I think comes close to it, close to it is The Way Back. I love that film, um, but I still haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I, that to me, like I've seen, I'm trying to go through my list here uh, of what I've seen this year. There's been a lot of trash this year. Oh my god, but um, <laughs> I've seen so many bad movies this year. Like, um, I, well, I say um, The Hunt was fun, but that no, Onward was terrible. Um, I loved Onward. Did you really? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I've only seen 11 movies this year, though. Okay. Well, see, I've seen... Well, I've seen a little bit more. I watched some of the junky Netflix ones, but... Um, I refuse. I can't put myself through that. I'm trying... Like, the last thing that he wanted, I watched that one. That was the one with Ben Affleck and... Um, God, what's her name? Anne Hathaway. For some reason, it was the most... I have heard that's terrible. It's the most loaded movie with actors you'll ever see, and it was terrible. It, it was just... It was truly uh, abysmal. Like, I think... I really do think it was probably my favorite film of the year. Like, I, I, I find a hard time justifying a ranking for it. I'd probably go, like, what did you end up rank, rating it? Uh, like, on Letterboxd? Yeah. I have it on 5 out of 5, and then it's my favorite film of the year. Yeah, see, that's where I'm... I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to rewatch it and kind of go where my ratings go. But there's this was, this was hands down... And it's one of my favorite comedies that I've seen in a long time, too. I don't, you know, last year there was a couple of decent comedies, I think, that I really liked, but nothing really stood out the way that this artistically kind of stood out to me. I, I can't uh, even, I, I can't <laughs> even think, I can't even think of it. Uh, I mean, obviously I had like Good Boys, which was funny, but it was, that's been done before. You know what I mean? Like you've yeah. had, you know, you had Long Shot was cute and funny. I liked Long Shot actually, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a romantic comedy as well, but you know, still, I just don't foresee myself thinking out loud. Um, seeing anything that really kind of comes close to this film. 
Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, I'm like a big comedy person. So I whenever like I hear about like a new comedy movie coming out, I get really excited. And when I because I heard about this movie when it was at Sundance uh in 2019 so this was like all the way back january 2019 and i heard about it from collider and they were like uh this is like one of the best films of the year and i got really excited because it seemed like it was right up my alley because these kind of movies where it's just like kind of like you see people living and there's no really like uh villain or like anything like that like colin barney is my favorite film all the time and i always praise it for just being like you see these two people like living and that's it and i think it's so beautiful yeah, Colin Murray is my favorite film of all time. So I love, like, these movies where you just kind of, like, see people living and uh, just seeing relationships bloom is just my favorite kind of thing in the world. Uh, and this, I you can literally, literally, like, go back and just search, like, at Movies and Cats and then Big Time Adolescence into Twitter. You will see, like, tweets from, like, last year and all of this year of me, like, tweeting Hulu, like, every day like i did a thing where i tweeted hulu every day for like a month straight and i was like <laughs> big time adolescence big time adolescence big time adolescence uh yeah so i've been like feeding for this movie ever since i heard about it <laughs> that's that and that's the thing like for some reason i had heard about it obviously but i didn't hear it just kind of popped back up in my radar and i was sitting there last night and i was like man what do i want to watch oh crap i have hulu i'm gonna watch this right now and for me i was kind of blown away like i was kind of I kind of started off watching it as I was writing a review at the same time. I was writing a review and I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then I'm like watching and I just close my laptop and I'm just, I'm invested. And you're right, like nothing, nothing huge happens in the film. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, th- that final scene was just, I don't know. It broke my heart. This, for the conversation that, on the couch, uh, like, ugh, one of the most beautiful things that I've seen in a long time. It is. And it was... And the, I think it was just the simplicity and the subtleness of the film that really just, it kind of surprises you how it slowly starts ripping your heart out. And like when he pulls away, when he's driving away, and, and the way they shot that scene where you see Pete Davidson in the background, oh, and you know that, man. you know, Pete Davidson knows deep down inside that he's never probably going to see him again type deal. And, you know, he knows in his head that he kind of really kind of screwed everything up per se. And you just watch him as he slowly sits down on the sidewalk and he's pulling away. I'm just like, oh my God, this scene is just, it's, and nothing's really said. It's just emotion. And it's because you have, like, the film builds up this friendship throughout the entire film. There's no, like, moment where, like, the characters have this, like, stupid thing where it's like, oh, we need to be in a fight now. Because even when they're, like, you know, kind of, per se, like, mad at each other or upset with each other, they still talk and you still see them together. Like, Pete Davidson still goes to Moe's, uh, uh, baseball game and like cheers him on and like they still talk. <laughs> that was the greatest thing ever. Like that came oh, out of left field. It <laughs> came out of completely time. left field. Like he's at the plate. You hear, you see his mom and dad. Is he gonna swing at the ball? Is he gonna swing at the ball? And then he walks. And then just out of nowhere, you hear Pete Davis in the background screaming. I was like, Oh my god! Like, it was, oh, man. That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it did. Like, cause it it came out of left field. You weren't expecting. Cause you're right. They kind of got in an argument. They were. He got in a lot of trouble, et cetera, et cetera. He's back a bit, back playing baseball, and he's. Just at the plate, and mom and dad are talking about is he whether he's gonna swing or not, and he doesn't swing, and then he just starts walking out, and you just hear Pete Davis in the background just yelling and like just <laughs> explicit stuff all over, and it's just hilarious because it was just it was out of left field and it was random, but it 
I don't know. I, I can't rant and rave about the film enough, and I can't wait to actually revisit it. I might actually rewatch it after we get done here. Just because now I want to rewatch it too. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Something about watching rewatching a perfect film. And it's funny that when you mentioned Call Me By Your Name, and I remember I didn't remember what my rating was for it. I remember loving that film just as much, and I actually pulled it up. I gave it five stars as well. Um, Call Me By Your Name was one of the most beautiful. Huh? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Timothy Chalamet was in that film was just, I just, wow. You know what I mean? Totally chef's kiss. That, that movie. Lost to Gary Oldman. Don't know how. <laughs> how? <laughs> I didn't, we could talk about that all day long. I just, <laughs> half the movies that win at the Oscars never make any sense to me ever in my entire life. I, I've always wanted to do a podcast where you literally, and you could just do each one. And even if you do like the last 20 years, you could just sit there and be like, all right, cool. Uh, let's see. Beautiful Mind beat this, this, this. Are you kidding me? It really did beat all of those things. Why? It's like, oh, and it's, if you go back by all these movies, it's it's really depressing to see sometimes when movies win. And it's just like, I just want to throw something at, to be honest with you, I don't know how you feel about this movie, but it's going to, you know, probably tell a test here. But for I thought, to me, honestly, I thought it should have won Best Picture. Call Me By Your Name should have. What movie? Call Me By Your Call Name. Call Me By Your Name? Yes. And I, I agree. And I say <laughs> this because <laughs> I say this because I hate The Shape of Water. So it's like, oh okay, I like The Shape of Water. Yeah, I, a lot of people do. There's a lot of I, I have a lot of weird movies that I don't like. I, I argue about stuff all the time with with. It's like for the longest time as a movie movie writer slash just movie watcher, I always was like, I don't like this film. And then you would hear a lot of people. Oh man, I really loved it. I was like, oh okay, well it was good. Uh, okay, I I see what you said. <laughs> and it was just like I was always kind of influenced with somebody. And like a couple years ago, I was thinking about. It, I was like, you know what? It's okay not to like a movie that everybody else does. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I I get in argue. Well, the one the one I got. <laughs> I want to know what side you're on this one. This is going to determine whether I hang up on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> good time or uncut gems. Uh, uh, good time. Oh, okay. All right. We can stay on the air. All right, cool. So <laughs> for me, I think good time is just a met, like, I love that film. And whenever somebody says to me, oh my God, um, Edward is playing Batman. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Go yeah. watch good time. Robert Pattinson is playing Batman. <laughs> First off, <laughs> yeah, Robert Pattinson is, but also please go watch good time because if you can watch yes, that film and immediately what i tell everyone too whenever i hear people like mad about him uh being batman i'm like watch good time <laughs> watch that film and tell me you don't think that he's gonna end up being a, a mighty fine um bruce wayne and or batman and um i i i've been in a probably like a two-day i got reeled into it because a buddy of mine that i did a podcast with he doesn't like. He didn't like. Unc I didn't like Uncut Gems at all. To be honest with oh, you, okay. like I am on. I'm yeah, I love Uncut Gems, but <laughs> I'm on the far right of the film. I just and we were kind of arguing, but I posted a tweet. I don't know. I rewatched Good Time about a month ago, and I posted. I was like, you know, Sandler. I, I put Pattinson over Sandler. Score was better. Basically, all the way around, Good Time is better. And it just, I got ransacked every since way by everybody about it, but. It's just oh, <laughs> exactly. But for me, it's like I once you understand that it's OK to not like a film like I'm not a big Mad Max Fury Road guy. I'm not a gravity guy. 
There's a lot. But I don't like gravity either. Gravity was so <laughs> trash. It, oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> That's easily my, my least favorite Alfonso Cuarón movie. Oh my, it's hands down. Well, yeah, yo, oh, yeah, probably mine too. I'm, I'm not a big Roma guy, but um, oh, I love Roma. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. This is we should just pick or choose the rest of the night. No, <laughs> Roma just like for me, like where Parasite hit, as is I think where Roma didn't hit for me. Type say I know it's two totally different films. But I just I didn't I didn't like Roma very much at all. But um, to bring it full circle, though, we could talk about big time adults. No, but for me, I, I agree with you. I, I think a rewatch with this. I think this is easily hands down one of my favorite films. I by the way, one scene that kind of stood out to me is kind of funny. How funny was it? Like the cops just kind of nonchalantly walked into the party, and the chick was just like <laughs> she completely blew. Him. We're the cops. Hell yeah, we are. <laughs> And they completely blew it off like it was like not even existent. I loved it. It's just as I think about the film, I just start thinking about these little scenes in my head of like what happened. And it's just like there's so many good ones that I'm really like I'm really appreciate the film and and what it brought to the table. So, um, yeah, that's really all I've got. I mean, I appreciate you coming on. I'm glad you came on. We'll have to do this again soon. Um, it was sure. great talking to you. Give everybody your Twitter one more time and your uh, and your uh, show as well. Uh, at Movies and Cats on Twitter and then at Cinemania World on all streaming platforms. Yeah, make sure to check out our podcast, guys. There's, they do great work over there. I love listening to them. They're super funny. You guys go <laughs> – sometimes you guys are super crazy, and I'm just like, I love it. It, it is – I mean, you guys, you guys, yeah, exactly. And that, but that's the thing, like, this is for me, it's like podcasting. Everybody's like, you know, it's cut and dry. I'm like, no, podcasting is about having some fun. You know what I mean? You talk about something you all love and you kind of dive into it and it's a great time. Exactly. So thank you so much for joining me and I will talk soon. Alrighty. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording and hosting. And distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And ridiculously easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if all if you've always wanted to start a podcast making money to do it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Music City Drive-In. Thank you so much to Hannah for joining us. Make sure to hop on over to Twitter. Give her a follow at Movies and Cats. Also check out her podcast, Cinemania World. They're on um, social media as well on Twitter with at Cinemania World. Folks, do us a favor. Make sure to check out the show sponsor at Geek Vibe Nations on Twitter. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. Give my co-host uh, a follow at MCDI underscore Jacob. And then, of course, give the show a follow at MCDI Pod. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys later.